0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 238. Are you ready for it? it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge?
1: Then join Eric Cacciatore and in today's incredible guest as they share what
2: it
0: takes to become unstoppable. Here at Restaurant Unstoppable, we're always gathering advice on how to get that initial capital to open a restaurant. And the answer, more often than others, is get a solid business plan put together. But sometimes we have no experience on how to do that. We don't even know what a solid business plan looks like. It can be intimidating. It can actually be downright scary. But it doesn't have to be with LivePlan. To learn more, head over to www.liveplan.com slash unstoppable. Again, that's www.liveplan.com forward slash unstoppable. All right. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Greg Hong and Peter Esmond. Gentlemen, please tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <really> <laughs> <Awesome. very accessible. laughs> that is Bunch. what I like to hear. All right. So uh, Greg Hong is a Reserve CEO and co-founder and is responsible for setting the Reserve vision and running Reserve operations. Peter Esmond is the head of restaurant product and has worked in the industry for nearly two decades, including serving as general manager at Per Se. Uh, Reserve is a tool that focuses on the entire guest journey from the moment a diner is hungry through discovery reservation payment and feedback reserve is also a service that puts the control of the reservation process back in the hands of the restaurateur. So gentlemen, this is just a huge aerial view of who the two of you are, uh, what reserve is all about. I can't wait to learn more, but before we do that, let's get the motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? Uh,
1: I'll go first. Um, I think the big one for me is just, just listening. Just
0: real quick, who's speaking so the the listeners know? <laughs> yeah,
1: this is uh, Greg, uh, Hi, Greg. Greg um, for me, the biggest one for me has always been listening. Um, I just listen, I guess, is probably the best way to say it. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into that, but in every conversation we have, whether it be internally with our team, whether it be with our partners. Um, our restaurant partners, I think the core of what we've built has been built from the very feedback we've been given from our restaurant partners and, and quite frankly, from the people that are internally to that operate here on our team that have restaurant experience. Um, it's uh, surprisingly difficult at times, but uh, ultimately, if you do it well and do it right, it will pay off uh, in spades
0: yeah, I mean, that is such a, a just a great quote or just a great mantra, especially for those in the restaurant industry. I think if we first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. And it seems like it's exactly what you folks at Reserve did. Like You went and you worked side by side with these restaurant professionals to listen to where the pain points are. How can we make this service good for everybody? And then you started with that end in mind and you worked backwards. And it seems like it's really paying off for you. So I'm excited. I mean, we as all you know, restaurant tours can learn from you as a restaurant. Restaurant or as an a entrepreneur, Greg, so awesome stuff. Uh, Peter, what do you have for us?
2: Um, I always use one that kind of requires a little bit of a backstory, but um, the one I always tell myself is that you start with a thumb. And this came from uh, our, my old partner, per se, who was the general manager before me and then went on to become the director of operations, and his background was all in art. He was a sculptor uh, before moving into the restaurant business. And he would tell the story about um, about Michelangelo. And whenever somebody would ask Michelangelo, like, "How is it that he came to build the, the the statue of David, this masterpiece that's so perfect and is the embodiment of like a human being?" They always he always would respond, "Well, I just started with the thumb. <laughs> I start with I start with the smallest point, and I try to make it as perfect as I can. And then after I'm done with the thumb, then I move on to the rest of the hand. And then after I'm done with the hand, I move on to the wrist and the forearm." And then before you know it, this this aggregation of small steps leads to something that is a much bigger vision that he knew was in there somewhere, but he had to start with the small things and then stack on top of it in order to get there. That's, you know, that's probably, awesome, and, man. Yeah, and, and you know, in the restaurant business and per se when there, and then especially in this one, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed with like, God, I want to be, be there. I want to be at the end. I want to be yeah. wanna <laughs> the thing already, you know? And you've got to be like, all right, slow down. Just start with... What is the key element? What is it we're trying to do? What problem are we trying to solve? Great, let's solve that problem. Okay, we solved that one. What's the next problem? Solve that problem. And you just continue to solve problems. And then at the end, you've got... A pretty robust system that solves a lot of problems
0: yeah i mean listening to you talk peter just reminds me so much of two things first just the constant piece of advice that always seems to come up on the show which is just be patient things don't happen overnight success in this industry comes from just showing up every time or every day just trying to be a little bit better version of yourself than you were the day before and it's kind of like you say taking little you know tackling little projects at a time. And it also reminds me of a great book I think everybody in this industry should read. Uh, it's called Eat That Frog. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but in that book, he talks about, like, how do you eat a frog? I mean, and a frog is a, a huge, gross, like, nasty uh objective that you have to uh, you know accomplish how do you do that one bite at a time and that's what i heard you know listening to you talk is just be patient take those little bites at a time and eventually you'll just tackle that huge project and a uh, awesome way to get this view, this interview going guys uh, i can't wait to dive deeper into uh the story um cool. so we got the motivational ball rolling. I'm pumped up. Uh, why don't you each just tell me a little bit about yourselves, uh, a little bit of your, your journey to how you got to where you are today so the listeners know a little bit more about you both.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so this is Greg. I'll jump in. Uh, I think my my first kind of path in, in life was to go down the path of finance. Okay. a um, kid growing up, I always thought you know it'd be great to trade stocks. And sure enough, I found myself in a role where I was trading stocks for hedge funds. and um, did that for... Um, quite a few years coming out of school. And from there, ended up working in advertising ops. Um, We were in an ad tech company, and I ran their operations from zero through 20 million. And that was really, actually, at that point, seeing two two incredibly uh, uh, different uh, two-sided marketplaces. And uh, from there, went and uh, ran a few small businesses um, and uh, got some really on-the-ground, in-the-weeds type experience Understanding what it takes to kind of run a business, make payroll, turn on the lights, and and keep all your staff happy, um, while also what
0: kind of business were you running?
1: Uh, a few different ones. Um, one was a dental practice. One was a pool, pool cleaning business. <laughs> one was uh, consulting for an automotive business.
0: Wow, all over the place. <laughs>
1: I think there was acupuncturists in there too. Uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely across the gamut. But I think the one core tenant that I heard from all small business operators, whether it be Today, working with restaurants, or then working with all these diverse small businesses, was the idea that hey, I am providing a or service to a customer. I'm inviting them into my home, and I want them to leave happier than when they got here. Absolutely. And if I do they will come back again and again and share that with with their friends. So so ultimately, that that all is dovetailed uh, very nicely with Reserve uh, having kind of the big company experience, seeing two sided marketplaces but also understanding the day-to-day of what I think many operators go through, restaurant operators, in terms of just trying to keep their customers happy.
0: Awesome. Great stuff. Thanks for that insight. Go for it, Peter. Um, Yeah, so my background
2: has pretty much been in hospitality my whole life. Um, When I was a kid, my parents moved from Chicago to Breckenridge, Colorado, and opened up a bed and breakfast. So at the age of uh, 13, I think, I was basically living... And working in a bed and breakfast while going to middle school all through high school. So my life consisted of waking up and serving breakfast and coffee to people and then getting on a bus and going to school. Awesome. You know, and answering the phone call at my own house saying Little Mountain Lodge. So you kind of are always on. <laughs> there's, never, there's never a time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that quickly translated as soon as you get into, you know, uh, working age. So I started working in restaurants. I was a wine cook at a sushi restaurant. I was a dishwasher. I was pretty much everything under the sun. Um, went off to school, went to LA and, uh, back to eventually came to New York where I stayed working in restaurants and started working for Jean Georges in 99. So kind of just as like the foodie you know, scene was starting to happen and all of this stuff. So I was there from 2000, from, nine, from 99, 2004. Okay. Uh, in 2004, I met, um, Laura Cunningham and Thomas Keller, uh, Laura first. And then Thomas came out. As they were doing some of their own market research for opening, per se, before the Time Warner Center was even built. And then um, kind of, you know, stayed in touch with them, kept in touch, and then said, hey, you know, let me know when per se opens. I'd love to get involved. Mm -hmm. And she said, why don't you come out to the French Laundry and work for a while before we open? I said, sure. You know, that's that's not...
0: You don't say no to that.
2: (laughs) So so, so I did. I went out to the French Laundry and worked for about a year. um, Worked through all their different front of house positions before coming back to New York uh, to open, per se, in uh, February of 2004. Awesome. So, so then worked all the way through there, through you know, opening Matredy GM or AGM and GM for the last two and a half years, and left in 2009. Um, after that, I kind of needed. I had I had two kids at that point. Yeah. I needed to take take a break. Uh, yeah. So I, I slept for a while. I slept nice. for about, and then um, I did some consulting. I did work. For
0: the- <laughs> I have to interrupt real quick because I just find it so ironic and funny, or not ironic, but just funny that you left the restaurant industry to raise two kids, and that was taking a break. Uh, yeah. So
1: That's
2: <laughs> great. 100%. Um, the hours were much better. Uh, and so then uh, I consulted for a bit. I worked for Waldorf Astoria. I worked for a couple small hotel groups doing uh, specifically folks on hospitality and service, and then went on to be the um, director of operations for Rouge to Mott uh, for about four years. So I ran their property on the East Coast, started a food cart, just kind of did a full full scale, uh, revamp of that restaurant for a while. And that was a good challenge. And then left in, uh, 2013 to start my own tech company, um, getting involved in CRM and, and that was sort of kind of really trying to fill the gap where, uh, technology was missing. And then, then, um, and, you know, and, and then lucky enough joined reserve, uh, last year, July or August of last year.
0: Great. Well, I feel like we all know you a little bit better now. We, you know, it's great to hear your stories. Know that uh, what the, the people behind this incredible service uh, just have that ex- that awesome experience. They know the industry. They got, will make us all want to listen to you a little bit more now. So, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about the history of Reserve, uh, how it came to be, kind of the the timeline and the evolution of the service you provide?
1: Yeah, I can jump in there. This is Greg again. Um, I think. Going back to October 2013, uh, my co-founder in Reserve and I were sitting at dinner and just talking about our experience going out to eat that night, um, how ultimately it could have been better, uh, just the process of finding a restaurant and then booking a table, um, let alone paying and uh, any sort of feedback that we might give uh, was just kind of an afterthought. So. Um, as we started discussing different ideas and ways to, to ultimately approach the space, um, he and I kind of talked to each other and said, "Guy, yeah, you know, how would a concierge have, have taken care of this experience? Um, they would have probably given us a recommendation. They probably would have taken care of booking the table. And if there were really good concierge, they might have uh, even taken care of payment um, and handled that with a card on file like a house account. Um, that was the initial genesis behind the idea, which was, hey, let's figure out how to kind of make this experience really great from start to finish. And, and as it's kind of evolved, as we started kind of talking and listening to our restaurant partners, hearing what they wanted, what they needed, um, we very much realized that there was a much larger, larger ecosystem that needed to be tackled. Um, so everything on the restaurant tech stack side of the world, um, from, um, their marketing tools to what they use for table management, to what they use to, um, you know, do for guest CRM to their point of sale, all the way through to their analytics product. Um, none of those systems really talk to each other. And I think, uh, from the early conversations we had from restaurateurs, I remember one that said to me, Hey, you know, the Holy grail for us, for a restaurant is one interconnected system, um, where I can track my guest journey from start to finish. Um, that would be phenomenal and amazing. And that really stuck with me and made me kind of realize between the consumer journey we were trying to deliver and the restaurant journey that we were trying to deliver, that there was one kind of overreaching or overriding tenet of all of that, which is let's build a product that diners and restaurants both love. Um, if we can do that, then that will resonate on both market and people want to use it to book really quick, frankly, every single reservation, whether it be a diner or a restaurant.
0: Awesome. Uh, great story. So you, um, you started with the app, right? That was the initial product, the app. And that seemed more geared towards the, uh, user, the end user, the, the guest. Am I correct by saying that? Yeah,
1: that's correct. I mean, it was definitely as a starting point with the guest, with a lightweight interface on the restaurant side. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there was a realization that building out the entire table management product on day one uh, was a huge thing to tackle. And it might be easier to, instead of approaching the space as many others had from just saying, Hey, we're going to build a table management competitor. um, We instead said, Hey, let's just build a really great consumer experience. Start with a a diner's intent and their demand first. um, And then build out around that, because that is something that is, if we can do it well, um, something that's also going to resonate with the restaurant partners and build trust, that that we care about their guests and the experience that those guests are having.
0: So, what's one thing in the beginning that you think you did with with Reserve that clicked with people, not just the restaurant but the consumer? What what was the it about Reserve that just people loved so much? Um, it, it was really
1: that start to finish experience. I think uh, people so commonly think of dining as you know each of these independent parts. Um, I think the, the thing that stuck with me is the first time we were in kind of a very early stage with it, and I had taken a friend to dinner at a restaurant called Aldea uh, here in New York, and we booked the reservation. I sent him in a, in kind of a invite to the dinner. We showed up, we ate, and when we the meal was done, there was no check presentation aside from one of these check-as-paid cards, and it was a really elegant way to end the meal. And between not having to think about the reservation for him or having to have that whole payment experience happen automatically and allowing us to be able to get feedback at the end of the meal, he was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. Like, This is how all dining experiences should happen. But it wasn't until he had actually seen that reality that it really not only stuck with him, but stuck with me that what we had built was um, not a lot different than what Peter talked about before, which was, hey, it's all these independent component parts that when, when aggregated together, make something beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that really stuck out to me uh, just doing the research, learning about Reserve, is that ease of use and how streamlined it is for the guests and that service you're providing the guests by allowing them to just leave after they're done and not having to worry about that, that process of paying the bill and just having it automated on their end. And the other thing is it, I mean, that's a service that we're providing the guests and I, before with other services that exist, other reservation services, we won't name names. Uh, they were charging the restaurant and the restaurant was taking the hit for the majority of that service. And, I mean, there's a whole other series of other things that happened with other services that there's a lot of, I mean, you just have to, you can just search the the internet and you'll find the things that have happened, but um, (laughs) it really looked like it had the restaurant owner uh, in mind too. So it was such a win-win situation. I think it's that win-win situation that has really been able or has been behind the momentum that has developed, you know, just behind reserve. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's 100% it. I think we've been really focused from day one in terms of working with our restaurant partners and alongside them collaboratively. Yeah. Um, That's something that we don't take lightly. I mean, I think from day one, we were in restaurants, you know, sitting behind host stands, talking to general managers, understanding what their likes and dislikes were, and really making sure that we were building a product that was going to meet their needs. Um, You know, I, I think I can tell you in the very early days, you know, as we started thinking about the inception for this product, we did hear a fair amount of no's. People that were saying, hey, don't build it that way. Build it this way. Um, you know, I don't like this feature. I don't like that feature. And and I think it was that evolution of us getting and receiving that feedback. But more importantly, listening to it and forming it into something that, that was a product that was uh, a really great offering um, is how it came together. And it's, it, it's a strategy that has served us well. Um, And it's really enjoyable, too. I mean, to be frank, you you feel like you're solving a real problem when you can go back to somebody and they said, hey, don't build it that way. Build it this way. You build it the way they intended. You come back to them, show them the the net result, and they're over the moon.
0: So real quick, um, just feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I have never used the service. I don't live in a city, so I haven't had the opportunity to yet. But from my understanding, the way it works is I'm a consumer. I download the app. Um, That app will then charge me $5 for every... A uh, reservation I make. And then after that, um, I set what percentage I want to go towards the house or the server. And I find, uh, i make a reservation through the app, go to the restaurant, uh, sit down, eat my meal. And when I'm done, I leave. Is that, did I miss any key components? Is that the, the, the bulk of it?
1: A few small points that, that I would kind of correct. Um, on Tuesday, when we announced our table management as well as our reserve.com offering, um, that's a kind of a, another product that is a consumer facing uh, kind of guest experience for booking a reservation. Uh, we announced that we are waiving our concierge fee altogether. Okay. Together, so okay. 100% free to guests um, to use our product. Awesome. Um, we wanted to and, and talk to our restaurants is another piece of feedback we got from them. We want to make it as easy as possible for guests to be able to book in their restaurants. OK,
0: I was and, a little confused and, about that. So thanks for clearing it up. Uh, great. Good to know. So let's actually focus now towards uh, the restaurant owner and the the a lot of things. You made this annou- announcement. I guess I'll just let you make the announcement right now uh, for anybody listening. What's recently changed about Reserve Platform and what you offer everybody now?
1: Yeah, so I think the the biggest thing for us is we've taken the next forward in the evolution of our ecosystem. Okay, uh, we now rather than just having the the kind of B one product that was kind of more of a concierge offering, we now offer a full suite of table management tools to our restaurant partners. Um, that is a competitor with any of the best products on the market right now, and in a lot of cases uh, better. And uh, in, in our professional opinion, <laughs> and uh, I do think that. That's probably the the first part that we're most excited about. There's a couple of uh, key differentiators that our product has that have really resonated with our restaurant partners. Um, And I think in concert with that, us announcing our reserve.com offering um, to our our people, to potential uh, diners and restaurants. So that way when they're daydreaming about their uh, favorite meal that evening and they're sitting there at work, they can log into their desktop computer and make their, their reservation just the same as they could through the app.
0: Awesome. So uh, let's dive into some of these uh, benefits, the features of this new platform, and I'll just uh, list them and we'll dive in to each uh, separate one. So... Um so the, the three bullets I have here uh, is in regards to the restaurant owner, the benefits to the restaurant owner, is better economics and aligned uh, incentives, hospitality first features, and returning control back to the restaurateur. So let's tap on those three bullets and kind of dive deeper. What do you mean by better economics and aligned uh, incentives?
1: Um, I can take that one. So again, this is Greg. I think the, the biggest thing for us that we heard from restaurants is they were so used to paying uh, fees for every single diner that was sat in the restaurant. And really that was prohibitive to them in terms of how they were running their restaurant. You end up with situations where they are holding tables back from uh, their online booking platform mm-hmm. at seven o'clock um, and instead taking in phone calls because it's free to take a phone call and it costs money if the diners booking online. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for us, we wanted to come to the market and say we are going to offer our table management product reserved for restaurants for one flat fee of $99 per month. Um, doesn't matter if it's one diner, one cover, or a, a thousand covers, it's the same flat fee to you as a restaurant to use our product. Um, that's probably the, the biggest thing that, that we said when we talked to restaurants, hey, what if we come to you guys with a more aligned pricing structure? Um, will that help you run your business? So most of these restaurants, they're running on slim margins, um, traditionally three to 5% margins, so for them to save that money every month on every diner that they're sitting in their restaurant, is hugely impactful. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest one that, that we thought of from day one. I think the other part of that is us being a partner that that listens to our restaurant partners and is building a product um, in collaboration with them. I, I think, you know, any, every feature that we hear about that might be able to improve our product, um, we focus first on what we could do with our, our product reserved for restaurants to uh, facilitate that, that experience that they're trying to, or that problem that a restaurant might be trying to solve for um is generally our first priority
0: yeah and uh i, I like the the model you approach with a 99 dollars a month uh that flat fee makes it way more manageable to just you know budget and to know what your expenses are going to be and to know to, to set that budget to set that it's just it has to be kind of a, a weight off the shoulders for the restaurant owner to know that that's what's coming down i mean why don't you speak to that peter because you have you know that general manager experience like what would how would you prefer that model over other models
2: I mean, in, in multiple ways. I mean one like you're talking about the predictability. So there's there's the financial aspect on the predictability side, but also you don't feel like if I work hard in my restaurant to become successful mm-hmm. because I get a Michelin star or my New York Times review is amazing or I just have a great experience overall that because I get exponentially busier because what I as a restaurant am doing, that I don't have to, I shouldn't have to pay a tax because people are booking online because of my own Ability to run a great business, mm-hmm. right? So there's, there's that, that misconception that somehow somebody else is driving that business to you, but really it's you, the business, that's getting the attention and people just are using something to facilitate a yeah. transaction, which, which shouldn't really come at a cost. Like the, 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 the service that they provide is the service. Like yeah. there's no, like it doesn't become harder because there's more book, people booking. It's just people booking. So yeah. there shouldn't be an exponential tax on the restaurant because of that success that they start to have. And really to you know when I think about that alignment of incentives there's a financial part of it but there's also just strategically how we look at the products that we are offering to restaurants currently and in the future as as we begin to roll out more features more services more things of that nature the benefit has to be on both sides of the equation the benefit has to be to the restaurant as well as to the guest on equal sides and how can we how can we create this mutually beneficial thing where both sides of the of the coin are going to have a variance of which we can just help facilitate but really the relationship is being formed between those two sides of the marketplace. Well, so we're just, awesome.
0: yeah. I think you spelled that out pretty nicely. So, under the the header of better economics and aligned incentives, is there anything else worth worth touching upon before we move on? No, I think we know it. Okay, Covered so it. Uh, the next thing worth discussing is how Reserve helps uh, the hospitality first features or has those uh, hospitality first features. So let's discuss some of those features uh, that we will get with re- the Reserve service.
2: Um, is Peter, I'll take it. So one of the one of the frustrations that I've had with a lot of the pre- previous services is that a good reservations or table management system is really going to accomplish two things for you. One, there's the basic essentials of what you need to just run your restaurant. So taking reservations in, putting them on a table, updating some statuses, doing sort of these core functionalities that need to exist. But then behind that, what always felt vacant to me as an operator was information. So in a world where information is just becoming so much more fluid and so much more free and accessible from every platform, from your phone to the internet, to to what have you, restaurants continue to and until you know, until now really continue to act in isolation when it comes to the guests that are walking in their restaurant. There's a, a, a plethora of information out there in the world, but all that we would be getting was the first name, last name, phone, and email. Not even the email, first name, last name, and phone number. Sometimes not even the phone number if it was a concierge. So that's like, there's immediately a disadvantage sometimes for me getting to know who's walking in the restaurant based on the service I'm using. And that's not Fair. People are using alternate services. They're Googling people and doing notes or putting stuff in and having Salesforce plus this, plus that, plus this. And that's I mean, you know, you're so busy already as a restaurant that it's too much to take on. Mm -hmm. And so really it was about trying to aggregate information into one source. So that way you had both tools. You have a tool to just run your business the way you need to. The hostesses and reservationists, it's pretty straightforward. They know what they need to do. But then on top of that, there's just this wealth of information that you can provide to a restaurant to, to for them to create the experience they want to create. And they can go as deep into that as they want or as light into that as they want. You know, they can take copious notes or they can take just a couple. And then they can share that information also across other restaurants within their group. So now instead of all this information just being isolated into one unit, it can now be shared across multiple units. So that way, a regular in one restaurant, it becomes – Treated as a regular the first time they go to the sister restaurant, you know, across town.
0: Exactly. And that's
2: where you as a business owner are thinking like, great, I'm taking, I am taking care of my guests. I have the information that I need. So when somebody walks in the door, I am like this much further forward to creating the best possible experience that I can, Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to play catch up for the first 20 minutes maybe or first hour or never even getting there because I'm, I'm handicapped by not having the information I need right, right at the moment I need
0: it. So you're talking about the, the customer relationship management features, um, the guest notes, the visitor history, all that. What about data in regards to, I I know you, you have the credit card information because people have to sign up or they were signing up and getting that initial, initially getting that $5 charge to their credit card every time they used it. But are you collecting any data through the credit card uh, when people are, using that card at the store? Is that another way you're, you're adding to the CRM?
1: Yeah, no, I can take that. Uh, this is great. We're not currently um, that in that fashion where we're putting it to use. Um, and I think even long term if we did, um, it's about uh, making sure that there is a balance between um, user privacy and, and ultimately um, the restaurant knowing who you are and so forth. Um, That's something we've talked about a lot internally, but uh, haven't yet explored.
0: Okay, cool. Um, So another thing I have on uh, some of the bullets underneath this topic of hospitality first features is what you see is what you get. And what I mean by that is... uh, there's no keeping seats open. Uh, as the server or as the um the guest, when I'm looking at this app, if there if the restaurant's full, it's full. There's no playing the game of well, do you have any seats open for call-ins or reserved for a reservation that comes in through the reservation. Like it's it's what you see. That transparency, that that honesty. What's the effect of that?
2: Well. I mean, at the end of the day, what we kind of we will skip to almost like a a later point that I think we talk about, but it kind of does influence what you're talking about now, which is the the reservation. The books are the restaurant's inventory. Mm -hmm. It's up to them to choose what they want to do with it. Yeah. But at this point, they don't need to hide anything or pull anything back because some sort of a cost that's Mm going to come with it. You know, if they have an owner, you know, that wants to keep aside a table for him and his wife every Saturday, then they're going to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. and that, that just made that's their prerogative to do. But in terms of th- what they choose and sort of the expense that goes around for what's going to be available online versus phone versus anything else, like we wanted to make that as basically free as possible. And that way it's up to them to choose what's going to be available outside I, I think, or
1: not. I think what Peter's alluding to is their price there is price alignment for them, mm-hmm. whether a phone, a phone call, a walk-in, a, a reservation online, it's the same flat price, which is effectively you already paid $99 up front for the month. It doesn't matter how that guest comes in. It is the same cost to you. So it's up to you as a restaurant to determine where and how you want to display that inventory. But at least there is not an overriding factor uh, of a price discrepancy between those channels.
0: Yeah, and another thing that I think is really unique to the service is that it it caters to both uh, reservation-based operations and walk-in. And I think that's a really uh, great just – I don't know how to – I mean, I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Any other services that cater to both walk-in and reservation-based, uh, or a combination of the two? And you go to set. You go on to say in the the article I read that there's no two restaurants that are exactly the same. So it seems really customizable, and I think that's just a benefit worth talking about too.
2: Yeah, I think what was really fascinating for me, coming from like a very fine dining background, and then you know knowing where obviously like CRM and really guest data is valuable because this person is spending three and four hours with you. Like you can really you can get a lot of information in in that time, but when you're a walk-in restaurant or a waitlist restaurant, that information is equally valuable to that restaurant as well because they can act on it in a variety of different ways, and they want regulars just as much as any restaurant wants regulars. And that information is going to be able to help them achieve that goal. So just because they're going to be interacting with a product in a different way, sort of on a day-to-day and a regular basis, doesn't mean they shouldn't have a very deep kind of of uh, yeah. tools and access to create the relationship. I, They're I, just doing that in a different
0: way. You're touching on a really important point too. I think a lot of uh, those walk-in style restaurants were really missing out on an opportunity to engage with their guests because there was a kind of a, a, a gap in the bridge of being able to collect that data and keeping tr- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but keeping uh, it all straight with the CRM side because they weren't calling in, placing a reservation. And you weren't able to look and say, "Oh, Mister Smith is coming. Let's get ready," because we know exactly what Mister Smith wants. Uh, um, so, with this wait list, you are now able to anticipate when this person's coming in, and you can do those above and beyond things that really blow the service out of the water, which is uh, just totally worth mentioning. Uh, anything else under the, the header of hospitality first features that are worth mentioning?
2: No, I mean, I just really think it's about information and the more information that a restaurant has, the better experience that they can get. And then hospitality becomes, you know, you just want to act on.
1: You know, I think there's an anecdote that Peter gives quite often when I hear him talk about it that if I may, I'd probably give it here. Um, Customizing our notes uh, across different segments is incredibly important, right? So you have allergies that sit in one bucket. You have uh, wine notes that might sit in another bucket. Uh, you might have, hey, what's this person's favorite uh, you know, seat in the dining room sitting in another bucket? Mm-hmm. And that becomes incredibly important for, for all aspects of the restaurant. But to give a specific example, if you're a chef and you're getting a chip that is printed with 10 years of notes, and a lot of it's the wife's name and their favorite wine and that the fact that they love table 11, and really all that the chef wants to know is that the person has an onion allergy it's really inconvenient if they have to look through an essay on that person's dining history. Yeah. So being able to present and, and print customized uh, chits based on uh, the kind of role within the restaurant, I think is incredibly powerful. And what Peter kind of alluded to at a high level plays out in a very granular level um, in the restaurant by being able to do things just so like that.
0: If I, I just want to make sure I heard you right, it's almost like it's an intelligent enough piece of software that it can look at a piece of data and decide whether or not that data is pertinent to whatever printer it's coming out on.
2: Yeah, well, the restaurant would create a setting to un- so that they can set like w- what data is going to be important based on which printer it's coming out on. But yeah, I mean, the restaurant again has the control to do it, and we don't—we definitely don't assume that we're going to know best because, as oh, you yeah. like said earlier, like every restaurant is different. Every okay. you know, there's some chefs that want to know what wine and what table, and they'll make a menu based on the wine and the table you're sitting at, you know, and other chefs that are just like, I just want to know he's a onions. I don't really care. So it's
1: your your choice. It's it's a restaurant tour. It's an architecture thing at the end of the day, right? Rather than just having an open-ended notes field that kind of jams all that information together, by being able to distribute it and think about it thoughtfully, you can share those notes across restaurants like Peter was talking about before, or more thoughtfully within specific types of preferences that a diner or guest might have. Um, that ultimately allow us to do just that, which is right. print out a custom chip or, or otherwise. Right. Um, and there's some things that will flow from that infrastructure, but that's an important point for us to distinguish on because... Um, that speaks to how we're architected from the ground up to mimic what actually happens in a restaurant.
0: All right. Heard. I think I understand it. So, all right. The, the last bullet under, um, the reserve for restaurants that's worth talking about is returning control back to the restaurant tour. So do you want to dive into that topic or have we already covered that? Uh, what do you mean by returning control back to the restaurant tour?
2: Well, there's, there's definitely two sides and I'm going to kind of go back and say, that. it's actually one that kind of doubles on both. So, the first one is really they're, they're the current, most current systems and pretty much all really um, treat online access to a reservation in, in a very binary process, right? It's either online available to the entire world or you have to block it so nobody can access it at all. It's like, you know, and that's not really how a business should operate, right? A business has inventory. In this case, it's a restaurant with reservation inventory, mm-hmm. and they should be able to sort of control who's going to have access to that inventory in order to make that reservation, So currently they can have settings to say, well, this eight o'clock slot is going to be available to our website, you know, and this also is going to be available to reserve or this is going to be available to just reserve and not the website or just the website, not reserve or just for me for phone calls. So now you've already just in two options created a multitude of ways of which this reservation can be done. And it's up to the restaurant to sort of control and give that access to how and when people are going to going to make their reservation. And then including that because it's a cloud-based system and we've opened it up. So now you can sort of do that from anywhere. Like you don't have to be sitting in front of a terminal in order to decide this. You can do it from your home, from your bed, from the front desk, from your office, from wherever you have internet. Which is now it's like you can really run your business Mm -hmm. as most people are running their businesses from, you know, mobily and from anywhere. And then the last is... um, The Reserve process is where I, as a restaurateur, got really excited with what Reserve was doing on the consumer side with sort of this concierge and a request-based process where you have um, a mobile application that's reaching out to diners as a very active, you know, large consumer network. We're making requests to eat at your restaurant. And what that means is that regardless of how busy you are, whatever inventory there is, whatever's online, whatever's not, it's immediately engaging that guest to me, the restaurant, directly. You know, and, and putting me in control of what I would like to do with this request. How do I want to handle it? Do I want to, they're looking for 7 to 8 seven to eight o'clock on Saturday. Well, maybe I have a 7.30, great, 7.30, yeah, come and get it, you know. Or I can say 7 to 8 is full, I have 6.30, you know. Or I have 9 o'clock, but it's in our, you know, kind of our communal table. It's not a table. Does that work? Yeah. Much the same way that a phone call gives control to a restaurant to sort of it's just it's demand, it's inbound. You do what you need to do with it to say, oh, I don't have that, but I have this, I have this, I have this. That's what the phone call gives control of. That reserve on a consumer side by just taking all the demand and surfacing it to me, the restaurant, I get control over what happens to that guest and being able to create I'm immediately engaging in this guest experience prior to them even saying yes to anything. They you know, I can start to be able to start this dialogue you So know, is to-
0: the dialogue on this app almost like real time? Are they uh, when you make when they make a reservation, like, and you move things, can you work with them? Can you engage with them through the app to try to set things up, or, or is it? I I haven't had the opportunity to use it, so I just want to make sure. That's
1: one hundred percent correct. So at okay. that point, which is we are very much trying to emulate the phone call as much as possible. Got it. I think there's one thing that Peter touched on that I think is incredibly important here. He he articulated the fact that when a phone call happens with a restaurant, they're actually able to have that back and forth dialogue. Uh, you know, I heard a great restaurant tourer. They said to me one time. No one knows how to sell a table in my restaurant better than the people that work behind the host stand. Exactly. And that only happens if there's a dialogue. Yeah. If you're presenting what you have and here's what we have, take it or leave it. It's a monologue. Yeah. Here's what we have. See ya. Yeah. If you don't like it, we can't help you. There's so and much that-
0: creativity in that process of trying to extend your dining room as far as possible to get the most out of it. And I think of uh, Jeff Benjamin in his talk about how he looks at his tables as a real estate agent would look at properties like you have one night to sell all that property, all those properties. And if you, you don't sell them in one night, that, that revenue is lost forever. And it, there's so much. It's so valuable just to get as many people into that space as possible in that time and it sounds like what this tool allows you to do is to get super creative in how you do that and how you cram as many potential people and, and guests uh, into that you know experience into your restaurant as possible am I hearing you correctly
1: yeah that's that's correct I think one other thing that I'd like to add to that's I think really important about this process is Imagine having a dynamic wait list at all times. So that way, when a guest cancels or, or changes their reservation time and you end up with an opening, you could ultimately, in real time, pull from that wait list.
0: Yeah. And that, that's another thing that I was really hoping you would touch on. So you just have that like locked and loaded guest ready to go. And they can get, boom, an a, a email or a text message. We just had a table open up. And if they say no, if they don't respond quick enough, then you can go to the next person in line, I'm assuming. And I'm sure there's features to kind of set that up as well.
1: And I think that's incredibly important, right? If you think yeah. about what restaurants have available to them right now, it's hey, here's what we have. Take it or leave it. If you don't like what you what we have, then you're going to go somewhere else. Rather than capturing that diner in that moment and ideally doing your best to seat that diner, maybe you don't have a table right now. But hey, you know, if you call me back in an hour, which is effectively what you're doing by being on that wait list, I might have something that open up opens up. I think many of the restaurateurs that we talk to that are reservation heavy will tell you, hey, our books Friday night look absolutely different leading up to service on Saturday than they do Saturday at 5 Mm p.m. If we can ultimately have this dynamic wait list that's matching off against what's happening on our our kind of tables in real time, I'm going to have a much better chance, and as kind of you had mentioned about Jeff Benjamin, of selling all my real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we're here to do. And and in addition to that, because it's a technology,
2: you are allowed to have that or start that conversation that you would over the phone in a much more efficient process than you ever would on the phone. You know, a phone is great because it helps develop the relationship, but it's time consuming and you can only do one at a time. One at a time, one at a time. So now with a with the technology you can start to have that same conversation, but you can be having multiple conversations at the same time. You can have yeah. requests coming in, you can make some offers out to each one. That's that's Wait for them to get back, do some more. Like so there's a constant, you know, now you're doing it in a couple of tasks versus a phone.
0: It's worth talking about too. I mean, going back to Jeff Benjamin in his book Front of the House, he talks about how when Open Table first approached him, he didn't like the the idea of how it automated the process of engaging with the guest uh, because it, it, he he saw that as his opportunity to shine and to really blow the socks off his guests because it's engaging. But this app has allowed you to evolve with technology and still offer that hospitality uh, because you can now engage and have that dialogue like you talk about without losing uh, that that ability to. You know, you're automating, but at the same time, you're not losing the ability to be hospitable through technology, which I think is really important in uh, a side of that to be able to show people that you care and to go and try to work with them and have this engagement back and forth via the app. I think is really powerful. Yeah, great. Totally. Um, I guess got really excited. I don't know if you guys could tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway... Uh, well, I think we covered most of everything. I just have a couple few, you know, just a few more questions just to c- clear things up for me. But first, let's just take a minute to thank today's sponsor. Do you want to make your dream of owning a restaurant a reality? Then you must check out Live Plan. Live plan makes business planning easy, allowing you to create an expert business plan so you can impress investors and get funded. Live plan sets you up for success and takes care of the business details so you can spend more time focusing on your goals, such as creating a delicious menu, getting ready for your grand opening and becoming the talk of the town. To learn more, visit liveplan.com slash unstoppable. Again, that's liveplan.com forward unstoppable. All right, we're back. And um, in comparison to some of your competitors, like OpenTable, like UReserve and Resi, what are some of the really key features that you do that are, are only unique to Reserve?
2: Um, you know, I, we probably both take this for an hour, but, uh,
0: the most important, just limit it to like two or three.
2: Well, I think what we like, the really the key components we've talked about, you know, the fact that CRM and sort of guest information and how that that's handled Mm -hmm. is a critical part of our, of our application and our process. Um, I think the request based process is very unique, um, and continues to actually drive a lot of demand to a restaurant, regardless of that sort of binary, you know, seven o'clock is available, take it or leave it process. Um, and you know, the fact that there's a mobile payment attachment to it, which is a big, you know, a big piece and that you can sort of capture it from the beginning all the way to the end. So in a, in a full, in a full kit experience, you are, you know, requests instantly accepted, you roll into dinner, you never see anything. So in, in two taps or, you know, in a very short amount of time, all of the transactional components of your experience are completely removed and all you get to focus on is just having a great time. Okay. And, that, and that happens on both sides, both now for, you know, it's been for the guest as well, always. Now it can happen for the restaurant as well to provide the same thing.
0: Are there any other features if you're just really chomping at the bit? Like there's one more that is just totally worth mentioning that you offer that your competitors don't?
2: I think the fact that, you know, there's it's so hard because none of those other products are the same. Like yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't dump all those into one big bucket either. Um, the fact that we are a web-based service, so you have both a native iPad app as well as a web application, so you can really just do all of it yourself from anywhere. I mean, we, and, you know, really one of the things that I'm proud of, being a hospitality person, is our customer service. Yeah. A lot of our, a lot of our, a lot of our team have come from the, uh, from the hospitality background, and from being on the other side of this coin, when technology services are sort of selling into you or selling something... There's nothing more annoying than calling the help desk at eight o'clock on a Saturday and being told that the customer service is closed and you need to call back on Monday. Mm-hmm. And you're calling like your POS company, yes. like you're, you know, like you can't run without this thing working. So like, oh, we'll call you back when an agent's available. Like that, that's not how it works. So like, the fact that we have basically 24/7, 365 service for every one of our restaurants is like a huge thing. And in one tap on your iPad you're going to hit about eight people who can immediately get back to you to solve your problem. And that's something that we continue to implement always because if you're providing service to the service industry, you need to meet their standards for service and what you're providing to them the same way that they are providing to a guest. So that's a critical piece for us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Such great points. And uh, I mean, I, I have to add that the one thing that I've learned from just studying successful people is their number one form of currency uh, successful people, they look at time as being their number one most important form of currency. And that's equal across all everywhere. No matter who you are, what your business is, that common denominator, that one thing that keeps it fair for all of us is we all have 24 hours in a day. So it's how you make the best use of that time. And when you can make the best use of your time without sacrificing that human element of hospitality, I mean, it's, it's, to me, it seems like a no brainer. Uh, but the other, thing that i really wanted to ask before we wrap up and i realize we're, we're reaching our, our limit here um are there any qualifications that you need to meet to be uh welcome into this service like i i was looking at your list of people that are using it now and you get some heavy you know big players in the industry some of your clients the restaurants that you are working with are like the top dogs like is there a restaurant that has you have to like meet a certain standard to be allowed to be a part of, of reserve
1: Nope, no standards Um, in terms of... Well, Well, we have standards. (laughs) (laughs) You you have to be a restaurant. (laughs) You have to be a restaurant. Um, I I think you asked, are there any standards? Um, The core of this really for us is working with great partners that that want to deliver great hospitality and great service. Um, But I, I think... As we've rolled out RFR, there are any number of restaurants across the spectrum of high-end fine dining all the way down to more of a you know turn-and-burn type, walk-in type place, all of which could benefit from our product. And we're more than happy to provide that service uh, to any one of those.
0: Awesome. And real quickly, I just want to touch, too, on uh, integration. Are there POS systems that are uh Better suited or that best suit this technology you've created? Or are there any that don't play nice? Like, Is there anything we need to know in that regard?
1: Um, you know, We're looking at uh, point of sale integrations across all of the different providers that are out there. Um, when we acquired Dash, um, which was a uh, payments and uh, point of sale kind of integrated technology, um, we acquired a lot of their integrations and our, we'll be leveraging those in the future as we look towards our point of sale. Um, integrations. But, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, they all have a pretty similar architecture. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I do think there are some that are cloud-based and some that are kind of a little bit more on the uh, legacy kind of terminal side of the things. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's possible to to integrate with all of them.
0: Okay, great. And uh, I don't think I have any other questions. Let me look at my notes real quick. Are you hiring?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're always looking for great people.
0: <laughs> okay. Good to know. All right. That's everything. I mean, this has been a really fun interview. Uh, you really opened my eyes. I can't wait until, Oh, that's a great question. It just popped into my head. It seems like you're only in major cities right now. So when can we anticipate this uh, bleeding into some of the, the, the smaller cities like your like Portsmouth, New Hampshire's for example, or I don't know, like your Tana- Chattanooga. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like semi big <laughs> cities. You know, we've had
1: a, a few restaurants that, since we announced publicly on Tuesday um, that are require, that have um, expressed interest across yeah. the nation um, to be live on the Reserve platform and to use uh, Reserve for restaurants in their restaurant. Um, we're more than happy to accommodate them and, and we'll welcome them um, into the Reserve family. Great. Yeah, so to answer your question uh, yesterday,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could, anywhere across the country, you know, give us a call.
0: Good to know. Um, so we wrap up every episode, by my guest calling somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator? Uh, somebody you guys really admire. I just think would be an incredible guest mentor on the show for us.
1: Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I think Short Gregory, uh, who works at Eastern Standard um, in Boston, is fantastic. I don't know if he's, you've had him on the show already. Hold but- on
0: a second. <laughs> I, I, I was at Eastern Standard yesterday, and I think I got his business card. Uh, I'm pretty (laughs) sure I can't find it though It must be in my bag Which is just If that's true It's just completely ironic That this is happening Um, Thank you Keep on going I'll try to find it Yeah he's the (laughs) guy He's got him on the show He's great Oh man
2: that's Uh, awesome On my side I'd probably recommend Anthony Rudolph If you've not met Talk to him I have
0: had him on the show And he was an amazing guest Yeah
2: But Uh, Anthony's great Otherwise we had Will Gadara on No I haven't Yeah you should get Will Will, uh, Will would be great.
0: All right. Beautiful. Gentlemen, if you guys hear this, you are always welcome on the show. I'm coming after you. We'll get you on the show to share your story and advice. Can't wait to get you. And uh, let the folks at home know how we can connect if they want to learn more. Uh, where should we send people to, to, to take action?
1: Yeah. So if uh, if people go to Reserve.com, uh, it's on our website there. If you are a restaurant, uh, we have a section in the top right corner where you can click on for restaurants. Um, and that'll take you to our restaurant offering. It tells all the great things um, that we deliver with our Reserve for Restaurants product. Um, people can reach out to us through there to request more information, a demo of our product, uh, and all that good stuff.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to help spread the word about Reserve. Uh, there's no questioning. The two of you and Reserve are unstoppable.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. Love it.
0: Cheers. <laughs> There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful. A whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show if you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant thank you in advance also keep those five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher radio coming and I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming I love your emails they fire me up they keep me going tell me who you want to hear from tell me what you love about the show tell me anything i'm here for you just shoot me an email eric at restaurant all right that's all we have for today i hope you're enjoying this journey as much as i am thanks again for joining me until next time peace out